Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Dumb's Hit Music Station F104 Louise Ty here with you until one o'clock I'm now joined on the phone by Hilary O'Shaughnessy from Playable City hello how are you? Hi how are you thanks for having me Thank you so much for chatting to me so I suppose tell me what exactly Playable City is So Playable City is a project that originated from an organisation called Watershed in mm-hmm. Bristol um, and specifically Watershed calls itself a digital creativity centre. So we're really interested in how technology and especially creative technology or technology can be used creatively. Mm-hmm. And specifically in Playable City, we were looking at how can you, at the time when we started, there was just a lot of tech companies installing lots of tech in cities. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really like, you know, we've all seen those like, terrible portals and terrible Wi-Fi stands that nobody uses. And we were sort yeah. of questioning who's making those decisions and why are they making them and the amount of money that was being spent on them. So, And this was happening across the world. It yeah. wasn't, uh, so we're based in Bristol, sorry, I should have said. Um, and so the idea of the Playable City came out of trying to uh, come up with a way to fund artists, creatives from different backgrounds, to think creatively about technology in cities and give them the opportunity to do that, you know. Because we'd seen smaller projects and seen the impact that you can have, like a really simple project. So mm. we thought, what if we give them more power to do bigger projects? What would come out of it? Um, and it sort of grew from there, really. Yeah, and you're so right, because even here in Dublin, there's been so many little things that have been set up. And initially, it's all new and brilliant and exciting. And then suddenly it's kind of left and then it kind of fades away. And then it just looks very derelict and it doesn't really do much anymore. It's kind of just left there. So I suppose- Yeah, and it's, it's... Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and it's it's kind of expecting everyone to be the same as well. Like yeah. one part of Dublin is different to another part. So you need to have different solutions for different places, you know. So how can, or where do you see it going? What do you think we could do to make it better? So um, Playable City started about six years ago. And from yeah. that, we've got a number of projects come out of it. So one of the projects we're working on at the moment is kind of more around the area of digital placemaking. Mm-hmm. And what that means is um, we're trying to work with people to think about 
how they can use creative projects to actually impact the influences or influence the people making the decisions in cities. So, for example, one of the projects we have at the moment is a lovely project by an artist called Joe Wilkes, mm-hmm. who is working, he's a wheelchair user. Mm-hmm. He's working with lots of other wheelchair users. Um, and they are have modified their wheelchair to collect data as they're going around the city. Wow. And he, yeah, and it's it's all made by themselves. Like, everybody makes their own kit, so it's a really kind of... DIY ethos um, and everyone decides what kind of data they want to collect but essentially what they're trying to do is be sort of uh, empowered or a data collection agent for the city to tell them how awful it is really mm. for actual wheelchair users in the for city accessibility and, and, you know, and things like that Absolutely. Yeah. And then they're hoping that this data, they'll own the data then and they will be able to talk to councils about the decisions they make in terms of where they put pathways or where you can park or where you can put cycle routes. And it's just a really nice way of sort of levelling the conversation. You know, they're not talking, councils won't be talking about disabled people in the third person. They'll be in the room talking about their own personal experience and the data they collected. And I think that's really important of shifting the power. It's really important and it's amazing that we can do that because we could do that with so many different different people and even for young kids and things to see how we could kind of engage them in the city and how they can maneuver around because even I suppose the the switches on crossings like on pedestrian crossings are all usually quite high so I suppose Mm -hmm. if we could register that as well it wouldn't be a bad thing for people to be like okay yeah maybe if we lower them or if we do this or you know it shows us there is other ways or that we could possibly look at it a bit deeper than we are already. Exactly, and a lot of decisions are kind of being made top down, mm. um, and then afterwards people kind of say, "Oh, we have completely forgotten these people," yeah. and in the process, and it's kind of too late to do anything. So, getting people involved in the decisions and getting them interested in how these things are made around them is is, is really important. And talk to me about your smart city programs. So the smarts, we kind of were anti-smart city at the beginning. Okay, so we interesting. Were, but now we're not because <laughs> I think they've evolved um, from our perspective. Um, at the start, it was sort of just big companies coming in and dropping stuff. But yeah. I think the smart city movement has changed a lot now. And we probably have loads more in common with them now than we had before. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yeah, so I mean, I think it can range from uh, collecting data to understand how we move waste around the city, which, yeah. you know, people, that's not very imaginative for people to try and connect with. Um, but also things like lighting in the city. We had a lovely project called Shadowing, where we had artists Chumko and Rosier they basically modified uh, street lamps. And when you walked underneath them, it recorded your shadow and played it back for you. Um, oh. And it was a really simple, lovely project. And as soon as people saw it, they got it immediately and were like, yeah. oh, brilliant, I'm going to start messing. <laughs> but, then they, but then they started to ask questions like, why is this here? What's going on here? Who runs this lighting yeah. in this street? You know, yeah. the bigger conversation started to happen quite quickly. And that's what really made us think, oh, there's something here. It's not just nice stuff it's actually stuff that can make you think I think with things like that as well people can get worried about their you know their um, information being out there but there's no kind of it's not registered like that it's just kind of how their movement is and and things like that isn't it yeah and I mean you know and and there's uh, there's also and it brings questions up about who owns our data who owns data in the city you know if you're a citizen giving data you should know where it is you should and it should be given to you in a way that you understand what that is Mm because a lot of the time to be honest, some companies use language to try and exclude people. They try and use big jargon, mm-hmm. and it's just jargon, you know, but it's yeah. just, they're trying to say, well, oh no, this is worth something, so go away. But <laughs> what we're trying to do is, like, you know, get people involved in it, because actually there are lots of easy ways in 
Yeah. And we all kind of understand this stuff when it's explained to you in, in normal ways about uh, your data, you know? And I feel like if people knew that they're at no harm, nobody's going to come in and start taking your house and things like that, that people would be more on board and be engaging in it rather than trying to run away from it. Absolutely, you know? Yeah. And, and help co-design great things that could be of more benefit. Or other yeah. things that they think, well, I'm not so sure you know? Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. I suppose at the moment we're all trying to save the arts and we're all trying to find other ways that to promote them and, and find work at the moment. So all this is so brilliant. It's such a great idea. Yeah, and that's part of our philosophy as well is is, is getting creative voices um, in, in at the table making decisions mm. about cities because we rely so much on creative people. We've just seen it, you know, during lockdown. Everyone's like, ah, where's my crafts? Where's my painting? Yeah. Where's yeah. my... Like we we rely on that, but we kind of take it for granted. But actually, if we have creative people in the bigger decisions in cities, we can really can really do interesting things, you know. Absolutely, and you do workshops as well, don't you? We do, yeah. So what we tend to do is when we are talking to sort of depending on who approaches us, usually mm-hmm. it's like city councils or whatever version of that mm-hmm. approaches to work with them. We do kind of workshops with lots of different artists. Uh, maybe some programmers in the city. We really try and mix it up, some designers, some community uh, workers, and just really open workshops to kind of do a recce of what's going on in that city and for them to tell us what's going on. And then we design a program out of that with those people, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And how can people get more information on this and keep up to date with what you guys are up to? And maybe hopefully we can do some of it here as well. For sure. And I mean, that's the thing. There's 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 lots of really great uh, people doing stuff in Dublin already. Yeah. So it's nice when, when, when people keep an eye out for it. Um, the uh, Playable City is the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also if you go to watershed.co.uk, that's our website. We've got some other kind of city-based public art programs. Um, and we've got a really interesting talk coming up actually on the 9th of September where we had 14 producers from around the world um work on these kind of projects in their own countries and okay. they formed a network of people. And one of them actually was Michelle Brown from Dublin. So she's right. really great right. part of that network. Um, and we're going to talk about that and there's going to be a, a report, a kind of a nice website uh, telling kind of how to do these things in your own city and how to get people involved and how to do workshops. And so people should, if they go to Watershed and sign up, you get a, a, a mailing list. You'll get uh, the information about it and you'll get yeah, told about yeah, it. Amazing. That's the best way, yeah. Thanks so much, Hilary, for chatting to me about that today. I really enjoyed it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Chat to you soon. Brilliant. Bye-bye. Bye. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.